This is a sort of Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to a sort of Star Wars podcast, the podcast that's sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. And today I have Matt on the show. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yes, glad to have you back. We are back to talk about more John Williams. The man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) uh, the (laughs) 90-year-old. 88, right? Um, 88. Uh, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, No, so last time you were on, we talked about John Williams' music of the 70s. Right. So now we are going up a decade to the 80s and looking at three specific, well, I guess it's five movies, three specific topics. Um, But he did have a bunch of movie scores he did in the 80s. I will run down the list quickly. Um, We got Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Heart Beeps, E.T., the extraterrestrial, Monsignor, Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The River, Space Camp, The Witches of Eastwick, Empire of the Sun, The Accidental Tourist, Tourist, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Born on the Fourth of July, and In the Year of My Birth, Always, (laughs) 1989. So, um... Yeah, all the Raiders or all the Indiana Jones were in there. Right. So we have to talk about Indiana Jones. Absolutely. Um, E.T. we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So we're not even getting past... Oh, no, no, no. I was looking... Uh, I thought we weren't going to get past 1983. But 84 is Temple of Doom right. and 89 was Last Crusade. Right. So... Well, even yeah. like the ones that we aren't going to focus on, like Born on the Fourth of July and Empire, the Empire of the Sun. Yeah, those are like both like well-known, like Oscar-nominated films, I believe. Oh, really? I think so. I I haven't seen either of them. Well, I think Born on the Fourth of July is the one with uh, Tom Cruise, and he is a war vet, I think, for Vietnam. Um, hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I know I've heard of the e- the Witches of Eastwick. Okay. Um, Space Camp. I feel like I've seen that. Is that like a... Um, does it have a robot in yeah, it? Yeah, it has a robot okay. in it. The kid kind of like befriends. It's like... Okay. Yeah. I was thinking the robot is like a... Um, what's the uh, hot circuit? No. Uh, what's the circuit one? Short circuit. Short circuit. Yeah. I was thinking the robot looks like that robot. Is that right? I think so. You know, it's been a okay. long... Yeah. Like, Space Camp was like one of the first ones that I remember watching in the Henry's van. I was going to say, <laughs> for some reason, the Henry's come to my mind when I think of Space yeah. Camp, which for people who don't know, the Henry's are our cousins. Uh, they had three boys, all just older than Matt. And so they had a heavy influence on our growing up. <laughs> yes. Uh, in our movie likes and dislikes and our clothing as well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have much say in, in the clothing. Um, that was more nope. or less our aunt because she bought for her kids. Exactly. And we right. got them. <laughs> yep. But they were yep. the ones that we went to when we wanted to watch movies that mom and dad wouldn't let us watch. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, what was the first like bad movie I saw there? I think Men in Black I saw there. Okay. 
Um, that was probably one that I probably shouldn't have seen when I was that young, but you got a good excuse. Like, well, everyone's doing it, mom. I couldn't help it. Matt and Ross were watching it. Was I supposed to not look at the TV? Yeah, you probably threw me and Ross under the bus. (laughs) Yeah, it was easiest to do that. Okay, well, let's, um, go really out of order here. Okay. Cause there's, yeah, it's, um, We'll start with E.T. Okay. Um, but one thing I want to talk about, um, uh, one thing I noticed is both Universal, I mean, Universal Studios did both E.T. or Universal, is it Universal Studios? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, did both E.T. and Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, which I get confused when Universal does it, but also it's a Lucasfilm for Indiana Jones. I just get confused who, who all does what. Um, I guess Universal is... Yeah, produces it, distributes it. I, don't I think know. they're a distributor, um, and Lucasfilm produces it. But again, okay. I, you're like you said, I get confused about all that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's something I noticed now that we're looking into these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Star Wars, I just thought that like um, other movies just had like a theme of the movie, like. Here's the E.T. theme. Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's the Indiana Jones theme. Right. You know, like these movies. And it's like, some of them are just like short ones. Like the Indiana Jones is like, I don't know, three bars of music. And that's the Indiana Jones right. theme, you know. Yeah. Um, or like, even like Rocky or Harry Potter or Avengers. But I'm finding out that like, those are just a random track. A lot of them are just like random tracks on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That like we associate with the character or movie right like so the well we'll start with et and then i'll touch on that as we go through Mm -hmm. um but just like briefly like harry potter the theme from harry potter to me is actually hedwig's theme i think yeah the one that yeah the like one that everybody like recognizes as harry potter or like the avengers has that like that like it's so short, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's just a song. I think it's not called the Avengers theme. It's like Avengers assemble or something. I don't right. know what it's called, right. but, um, I guess the Rocky is just the Rocky theme. Maybe I'm not sure, but starting with ET, I found out that, um, the song that ET comes from, let's see here. Do I have it written down. Oh, so I call it like the flying theme. Right. Um, is actually from the song called The Magic of Halloween. Right. Because in the movie, that's when that theme happens for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just is like in the middle of a song. Um, but then if you look like people like clip out that section of song. Right. And they'll post that to YouTube as the E.T. theme. Mm-hmm. Or somebody will redo it and they'll post it to Spotify as the flying theme. Right. And then you can just listen to just that portion of the song, which I guess I hadn't really realized that before I started doing this, like looking into these movies, Mm -hmm. Um, because Star Wars, I know like, okay, there's uh, Yoda's theme, there's Luke and Leia's theme, there's Darth Vader's theme, which is the Imperial March, like those, like the whole song to me is like the theme. Yeah, but... But I think it's just because I know Star Wars so much better than these other soundtracks. But I don't even think though... That if you wanted to f- try to find like the Force theme or Luke's theme or Leia's theme, there's not like a track on the soundtrack that has those titles. You know, right. it's just I, fe- 
they're I think played that's that's has started recently. Yeah, well, I think it's something. To, well, I think that. Um, I think it was done on purpose, though, because I think when it's a important kind of character defining or character building moment for that character, like I'm thinking of Luke or or Leia, mm-hmm. like you hear that theme play, and you're like, it's almost like, hey, pay attention. This is something important right. for this character. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so what I... Sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, so I think that that's... I don't know how often that was done. I don't think it's done very often outside of, like, epic adventure-type mm-hmm. movies. Like, what right. John Williams does mostly. Or has done right. mostly. Right. Or what he's known for. So So I found out, uh, because we're gonna be later talking about the Imperial March, it is it is an example of what is called a I think it's a light motif, like L E I T motif. Okay. Light light motif. Um, which is just part of a song that's associated with a specific character or an event. Okay. So like all these things we talked about this before how like Darth Vader has his own theme and like there's certain things that have their own theme mm-hmm. um, that like every time you see that and like the force is one of those the- things and there's a theme mm-hmm. called the force theme mm-hmm. uh, or binary sunset but if you go and look at the original Star Wars soundtrack there's no song called binary sunset right so I'm like looking to see but if you like search on YouTube you'll find binary sunset and there's a song mm-hmm. um but then when I went and looked for it, um, I found that it's in a totally different song. Um, but we'll get we'll get to that later. No, that's right. So it's just weird. Mm-hmm. It's just weird how that works out. Like the ET theme is in the Magic of Halloween. Like that's not like it's not a song that you would like think is called the ET theme, right? Because it's like in the middle of whatever that track is. Then right. It, like because the track is timed time to what's happening in the movie and so right right that scene kind of extends from when they go trick-or-treating to when he goes up the hill to right. try to contact yeah. et's family or whatever yeah so one thing so re-watching the movie uh which is free on peacock for anyone who's interested in watching it mm-hmm. uh, which was great to know and peacock just now is available on roku and roku tv I just found out because when I searched for it on my Roku TV, it wasn't there. So I had to watch it on my tablet. And then the next day I got an email saying, Peacock is available <laughs> on Roku TV. Like, oh, great. So Ro- Peacock is just NBC, right? It is. But I think they purchase, they probably have the rights to certain movies, you know. So like, I, I think in the past, kind of like how different networks could buy um, rights to for syndication for TV shows right. like you can watch like two and a half men, which was from, uh, wasn't it on CBS? I think. Yeah. Or some, maybe I, I think it was. And then, but now it plays on syndication on Fox, you know? So I think that right. different, right. I think it's under that sort of contract. So, but. um, so first thing I noticed when watching this movie was the star Wars references. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did too. So e- ET came out, in 82 so empire strikes back had come out but the um just a couple years earlier but at the beginning when uh elliot brings et into the house he's like introducing him to all this stuff and he's like got all these figurines and he 
he has Boba Fett there, right. and he has um, who else was I think it was from Empire Strikes Back, Lando. Right, Land- he, he has, has Lando. Lando. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he has uh, Snaggletooth, which if you can get a Snaggletooth now, like they're worth a ton of money. <laughs> like they're really hard. Like especially like a blue Snaggletooth, they're worth a lot of money. I don't, I don't think he's even in the movie. I think it was just created just. Because they needed characters to give to kids right. <laughs> to sell products, but I don't think a, I don't think the Snaggletooth is actually in the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, and then um, what was the other reference? Oh, Yoda when they're trick or treating, right? Right. Someone's dressed as Yoda, yeah. uh, which was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so then it reminded me of one time I read that because of the references that Spielberg made to Star Wars in ET, mm-hmm. that's why. Uh, Lucas put E.T. in Phantom Menace. Right. In the Senate. Um, because of that. Yeah, right. in, yeah. In the Senate meeting, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thinking about like the music of it, honestly, most of the time, I didn't think about the soundtrack happening in the background at all until that. Like, I knew that that theme was coming somewhere. I couldn't remember exactly when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of like listening for that. And I, other than that, I didn't really think about it. It's kind of like, there's like sci-fi type of music, you know, your typical sci-fi type of music, but mostly I feel like it's just like noises and like weird sounds and stuff like that. Like when you, without watching the movie, even just listen to the soundtrack, I'm like, most of this like, is just like some like long sounds with like little sounds in between. It's not like a lot, like John Williams, I think of like epic. Right. And I don't really get that until you get like. The flying theme. Right. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Now, I thought with E.T., and and maybe maybe this it was this way for you, too, that I hadn't seen it in so long that I was actually just watching the movie to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas with some of the other, like Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars, I've seen them so many times that I can actually focus on one thing and know right. what's really going on with the story. But right, with this, yeah. I was trying to remember what was, what was going to happen. Um, yeah. So I think there was a little I bit was of, so Im- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I was so impressed watching it this time, how like lifelike realistic ET is. Yeah. Like the character. Right. Um, because this was 82 and I'm like, I'm like, how did they, do that like i'm sure it was a puppet and i'm sure but then i like found out that they actually found a person to be in the suit right. someone born with no legs okay is actually inside the suit walking on their hands i'm like yeah well i can see that too and there's like there's an animatronic one as well but like they did it so well for an alien to be in the like light mm-hmm. you know that often right um and to be that realistic, I thought it was pretty good for 82. No, I thought so, too. Like, I even think about how, you know, when you watch the when you watch the head, you know, I think that, that the face and everything is always so mm-hmm. hard to do. 
to yeah. not make it look fake because like that was the one thing that really hurt Phantom Menace is when they did that Yoda puppet that just looked oh yeah weird. That's yeah. the only word I can Terrible. think of. It was, it was like yeah, it wasn't like bad, but it was like you knew what he looked like before, <laughs> right? Right. And so like okay, to compare him is like it's just not right. Right. So then to take that to what they did in 82 with E.T., like the eyes fit, the way that his head pulses, you know, in different yeah. you know scenes and and all that kind of stuff. And it like his neck expands. It doesn't look like it's on like a, you know, a pneumatic device. You know, it, it right. just looks like it's yeah. a neck being used by moved by muscles. You know, so it was very right. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I think if somebody would have said, if somebody would have asked me who this was and I didn't know before that it was John Williams, there's definitely signatures in there. I mm-hmm. think you can yeah. say it's John Williams, but you're right. It doesn't have the same fanfare that like Superman had or right, exactly. Star Wars had. It didn't have that. Like we talked about Star Wars and Superman in the last episode saying like how big that opening sequence is. Like both of yes. them open with this huge, you know, in your face type right. of thing and et didn't have really any of that yeah um it was much more subdued um yeah so yeah i thought that was that was interesting i thought when i was watching the movie how interesting it was that there was just long periods of silence where i feel like in other movies there would be music um like not just like musical silence but like movie silence where there's like no nobody talking and it's just a character moving or looking at something and it's just like there's no music at all and i don't know if that was to like kind of build suspense i'm not really sure what was going on with that Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i just noticed that as well i just thought like oh wow this is a long pause and there's not any music happening right now right i thought that the the music more so than his other and more so than his other movies did create a little bit more suspense. Like we talked, like mm-hmm. with with Jaws, he definitely used the strings yeah. to create that suspense. But that was a little bit more, again, in your face. This was like, right? Like okay, ET. Like in general, it's kind of a fun, mm-hmm. you know, simple, straightforward alien movie, you yeah. know. But then you always have, you know. I always thought it was interesting the jingling of the keys with the right, with the yeah. one guy and there's always kind of this music when it came to the adults, like the the, right. the alien hunters. And I always thought right. it was interesting that besides the mom, you don't I don't know that you see you hardly ever see any of the other adults' heads. You know what I mean? Yeah, like not, it, it was yeah. always from like you always saw like you didn't see the teacher's head when they're in the classroom. Right. You know, and you didn't really see any of the adults' top half until you got to, like, the the scene where they're in the house and all that kind of stuff. So it was just... Yeah. It, it, there was I was suspense, thinking that's like so... Yeah. I was thinking that it's really from, like, a kid's point of view almost. Right, exactly. Because that whole scene where uh, Drew Barrymore... What's her name? Gertie? Gertie, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Is, is like... They just get home from the store, and E.T. is right there. Yeah. Um, watching, like, standing behind the TV or something, and she's like, 
mom, I need to introduce you to a new friend. You know, he's right there. Yeah. And she's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. She's like putting groceries away. Right. And like E.T. keeps like moving behind her. Like not on purpose, but she just keeps like missing E.T. Right. And he's right there. Right. Um, and uh, it was just like, yeah, this is something that like me as an adult, like, yes, I'm like focused on what I'm doing, putting the groceries away and just like, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, to my kids while they're telling <laughs> exactly. me something. It's like they're making up some story. You can't take them serious. And I'm like... Yeah, I guess as an adult, you can be like so fixated on things that you miss complete other things like an alien inside your house. Right, right. But, yeah. Oh, oh, I just thought of the other Yoda reference or the other Star Wars reference was the older brother right before he meets E.T. does a Yoda impression. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I bet <laughs> there was a lot of people doing Yoda impressions about that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me think here. I always like when they do this and... John Williams does this a lot where I guess you take like a section of the of a song and put it into another song. I don't know what that's called exactly, if it's just a motif or whatever, just a short, short section of song. Mm-hmm. But that flying theme, mm-hmm. which is just like that short section of uh, the Halloween song, is like inputted into like three or four other times during the movie, the rest of the movie. And it's like different ways and like it's light or or it's like really strong. And it's like, I just love when he does that. Mm-hmm. It just gives a whole, it's like the same music, mm-hmm. but it makes you feel a totally different way. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. And I just think John Williams does that really well. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just pay more attention to John Williams music. I'm sure other people do it too. Right. Um, but yeah, I love that about his stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to it. Um, and there was a couple of tracks that I thought were interesting just because it felt like they fit into the other movies. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and, and we can talk about this later, but one of the things I really notice about, um, these movies in particular was that there's a lot of similarities. Like mm-hmm. they were all, they were like, they're, three very different genres of movies but the music that he put in them is all kind of the same or or very similar which i thought was interesting because the one track from et is called far from home and i can't remember which one it was but like i was listening to it and i was like if i didn't know any better i would i thought i was listening to an indiana jones track um right and and just in general i thought like et fit with like Empire and Temple of Doom. Like I felt like mm. in the way that it felt, I, I think with Temple of Doom, that one's a little bit more sinister, you know, same thing yeah. with Empire. And I think that good, that, that kind of harkens to that suspense that we were talking about a minute ago, where those three movies of the six that we're talking about are a little bit on more on the suspenseful side. Yeah, and their content yeah, sure. and, and what's happening in the story. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would have kind of a similar sounding soundtrack. Yeah. I Basically, it mainly just blows my mind that he can keep coming up with different stuff. It, I mean, it's like, it's overall, you listen to all of it and you're like, if you listen to like a John Williams playlist, you're like, okay, this is all pretty similar. If you listen, if you stay away from like the major theme songs, like the very recognizable theme songs and you listen to all the other stuff together 
it's hard to tell where which movie it belongs in because it it's is. all very similar. Yeah. And then you hear that like one little string of notes. You're like, oh, that's Star Wars. Right. Oh, that's E.T. Right. He just does such a good job of like, you can just hear four notes in a row and you're like, oh, Jurassic Park, E.T. Right. You know, stuff like that. When I thought um, like, and, and maybe this would be a good segue, like when we get to like Indiana Jones, when I was listening to mm-hmm. The Last Crusade, I was like, this is almost like, like I think if you would sit down somebody who doesn't necessarily listen to it on Spotify or, you know, whatever, right. like we do, and just say, here are these tracks. Tell me which movie they're from. Yeah. With Last Crusade and Return of the Jedi, I doubt that people could get them right half the time. Because they're yeah, just... I don't know if I could get them right half the time. But, and it's just... It's just some, like you said, some of them have that, like, you know, one bar that, like, okay, mm-hmm. that one right. I know is Star Wars. Like, oh, okay. Because right. he, he'll throw in, like, either the Indiana Jones theme, you know, if it's, you know, or he'll throw in, you know, like, something that sound, that something that, you know, identifies it as, you know, the Imperial March right. or something like that. And, like, right. okay, yeah, I know what, I know what it is, but it was just... Yeah. For the overall tone and everything, like I thought, very similar. Last Crusade and Return of the Jedi are like almost identical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, that's a good segue into Indiana Jones because the other thing you said reminded me of that as well. Oh yeah, you were talking about how similar, um, like you were listening and you're like, oh, this Indiana Jones song sounds like it could, or this ET song sounds like it could be Indiana Jones, right? And when I was listening to the Indiana Jones soundtrack, um, it was actually from Raiders. Um, it's, uh, and so we're going to be, sorry, back up a little bit. We're going to talk about all three Indiana Jones movies kind of as one group. Mm-hmm. We're not going to split up individual movies um, since they all happened in the 80s. But the uh, song Reunion in the Tent, um, which if I remember right, that's when like she's captured and then he comes in and breaks her out of the tent, if I remember right. He leaves her there because if he... Oh, right. He does leave her there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because if he took her, then they'd come after her. Yeah. Anyways, so it's called Reunion in the Tent. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, this is so similar. And I couldn't like... Is it similar to Luke and Leia's theme? Is it similar to like Ray's theme? Like it's this... Is it similar to Across the Stars? It's just like... It's like a very romantic mm-hmm. type of song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like so Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never heard a more Star Wars song than this. And it's in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Which is, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because that was actually one of the things that I picked out. And I said, Luke and Leia's theme, I think there's a track in Return of the Jedi that has, you know, Luke and Leia. And I think it's it's when they're in the Ewok tree houses and they're talking mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Um, it's very similar to the times where it's just Marion and Indy and they're like together. 
Right. And and obviously yeah. Luke and Leia aren't romantic, but it's like a very personal, close, you know, like a relationship that's very important. Right. And it, it, like they sound like <laughs> nearly identical. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're obviously they're different, but like the, the feel, the way they make you feel and the way that they sound is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So what I found out with um, the Raiders movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. was I'm like, okay, Indiana Jones, the song, the like. It's just like, okay, it's just like, it's those, however many notes that was, um, just randomly through the song. It's just like an action sequence, and then all of a sudden, dun, 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 and then you like don't even think about the music, and then like 15 minutes later, something else is going on. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. you just like keep hearing it's it. Like, like Indiana Jones okay, it's just is like, doing something epic, you know? Or right, exactly. It's just like a sound more than like a song, but like you know that that's Indiana Jones. Right. And so I'm like, when do you like hear the Indiana Jones theme? song for the first time and then i found out that you don't hear the whole thing until the very end of the movie the final During credits, the credits. Yeah. yeah was when you hear it and i was like oh that's like why would you have your theme song during the credits but i found out that the that theme song is a mix of like that indiana jones theme that like dun, 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 mixed with marion's theme mm-hmm. and you like put them together in different ways mm-hmm. so it's like dun 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 and then it's like, and then it gets that like softer, yeah. Da, 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 which, yes, which which that that was that's like Return of the Jedi. I know, <laughs> but but I think there, yeah, like I like there's times where I've listened to a like like a John Williams station, and like it'll play, and it's like okay. Like I'm thinking, like is that yeah, Marion's theme or is it Luke and Leia's theme? Yeah, yeah. Just this morning, was it this morning? I've listened to a lot of Indiana Jones and yeah. Star Wars in the last couple of days. Yeah. And uh, this morning when I woke up, I like had one stuck in my head, and I, I like kept like singing it, you know, just like just yeah. like we were just now. And I kept mixing up Star Wars <laughs> and Indiana Jones, and like trying to sing one of them, and I keep going into the other one right. because I can't do the notes right. Right. But, um, yeah. So you don't you hear that Indiana Jones theme for the first time in. Uh, when he's like fleeing the temple like when he's like i think it's called i think the song is called um fleeing peru or something like that okay it's like the fourth yeah uh, flight from peru flight from it's peru. he's like going yeah. out to the airplane i hate snakes um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> start the engine <laughs> he's like running away from all of them chasing him um but one thing i really liked about oh so back up sorry um so you hear that little like motif there mm-hmm. um but you don't hear a full song, like I said, till the very end of the movie, um, which is just interesting. Um, but I really enjoyed listening to this soundtrack because it was, it's different. Star Wars sounds a lot the same. Like it's all the, like the same genre, I kind of feel like. Whereas this one's like all over the place because you get like, you have like Nazi uh, stuff going on and military and then you, then you go to like, the Mideast somewhere and so you have music like themed towards Mideast and then you go to like a tribal area so you have like lots of drums like tribal drums and stuff like that um and it's just a bunch of different themes like different genres I feel like going on um like adventure and romantic and stuff like that so 
I mean, when you think about it, he's he starts in Peru and then he's back in America somewhere and then he is in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just and John Williams kind of tailored the the songs to be like with that area. Yeah. So it's like when you listen to the soundtrack, you get a lot of different types of sounds and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked in this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did want to talk about is Temple of Doom. Um, so you had said, and you had mentioned this, I don't know, a long time ago when you were on the podcast about how like they created the PG-13 rating right. because of Temple of Doom. And then I went and watched Temple of Doom, or at least part of it, and I was like, well, this movie's rated PG. So I'm like, what's the deal with this? And then I saw that it was after the movie came out, they created the PG-13 because so many parents were complaining right. about the movie, but they never changed the rating of the movie, right. which I thought was really interesting. Right. And like, honestly, I only got to like, when I rewatched it uh, just recently before this, I only got to like the part where they like f- set the first sacrifice guy they pull his heart out and set him on fire and i'm like oh yeah i remember why i didn't really like this movie yeah i know <laughs> it's just like it's just like yeah it's not enjoyable to watch no. and like thinking of it as like a pg movie definitely not a pg movie right well and i um, think you know a lot of i think at that time you know like pg i think it had i think it was really re- revolved around um nudity and swearing or language I think yeah. actually even mostly language at that point. Um, and so it was either PG or R. And right. so, I mean, when you think about movies nowadays, there's a lot of wiggle room even for PG-13. So you think about yeah. if there's only PG and then R, there was a yeah. lot of wiggle room then. So, yeah. so I think yeah. that, that w- was pretty intense. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what else was I going to say about that? Um, yeah, I don't know if, like... So, Lucas was a part of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, and so, I didn't know. It feels so different from Star Wars in that aspect. Thinking even of, like, Raiders, like the first one that came out. Um, you have at the end with, like, people's faces melting off and stuff right. like that. And in this one, you have hearts being taken out of people's chests. And right. then, um, I wonder if, like... I wonder if that was more Lucas or more Spielberg... I know Lucas is kind of seen sometimes as like a guy that does um, like wild things and he doesn't care what the like if the audience likes it or not. He just wants to do what he wants to do. But I also also think of him as Boar being like his movies are directed towards kids just because I think like he tries to keep things um, simpler, easier to understand, stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, so it seems kind of weird for this to be a Lucas film with the amount of I mean, it's not a ton of gore, but just like the intensity that it has compared to Star Wars. Right. I don't know. I thought that yeah. was interesting. Yeah, I think it was, you know, when you talk about what he did with Star Wars, he also compared the storytelling to the way that like Kurosawa did his movies. You know, he was a Japanese director and so right. his storytelling was the same. So I wonder if there was some of that that he didn't feel like he could do in Star Wars Right, or and wanted was, to do in Star Wars, yeah. like he wanted to have a, you know, kid friendly or like you know, like something that you could take your eleven year old and watch a, a space movie that was fun and and you didn't have right. to worry about it. Whereas I think this yeah. one, I wonder if he was like, 
you know, I wonder if I want to, I wonder if there was like some books or like, you know, storytelling, you know, that was like, I want to try to do this because it definitely has like a very like adventure, adventure mm-hmm. motif or adventure feeling the way that Star Wars did, but it was in, in a much different kind of um, environment. So, yeah. And this, this talking about the soundtrack, um, I feel like this one, when you think of John Williams, you think of like epic songs. And this one I feel like wasn't really an epic. It was more just like the whole thing was like any major moments were just like adventure. Right. Um, which is great. Yeah. Um, but like I think of John Williams as like big extra, you know, sort of uh, epic songs. And this was a lot of adventure, a lot of faster stuff, um, intense stuff, kind of stuff like that. Um, yeah. I even thought too that the interesting – like kind of the famous march or, or song that came out of Temple, it's it's called the Slave Children's Crusade, <laughs> and and for those who have seen the movie, you know you, you realize that that's kind of a key part of the like, right. It's just another thing that made it a little bit more of a darker movie, right? Um, but like that's kind of like the I just thought it was interesting the track that people would recognize from. From Temple called, of Doom was called right. Slave Children's Crusade, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do love this trilogy. I feel like it's an underrated trilogy. I don't I don't think a lot of people talk about it, I feel like. Um, I mean, it had its day. I know, like, everyone knows who Indiana Jones is. Right. right? Um, but I feel like not, not a lot of people talk about them still. Um, maybe, I mean, they're a bit outdated with other aspects i thought the special effects were pretty good i mean a lot of practical stuff Mm -hmm. um the cgi that they did include wasn't great um but i just feel like it's overall under appreciated melody hasn't even seen them right um and um but harrison ford as indiana jones felt so much like it was a perfect role it was like it was Han Solo right. in the 30, in the 1930s. Right. Like it's just like that's what it is, and right. it's just like same character. So yeah, I just I really like these movies. Well, you know, a, a while back when we did our trilogy, your best trilogy episode, mm-hmm. I pulled some some information together. So based on Rotten Tomatoes, the average score for Indiana Jones is 89.3, with the lowest being a score mm-hmm. of 89. So that's better than Pitch Perfect, The Matrix, Oceans, Star Wars, the prequels. It's actually even, it has the same average score as the Star Wars original trilogy, but the lowest rated Star Wars from the original trilogy was 80, and the lowest really? from Indiana Jones was 85. Which so, one is ranked, do you know which one was 80? Um, I think uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, interesting. So like... Even, like, it has the same sort of score as, like, The Dark Knight. Mm. That's very similar to that one. Um, it's better, has a better rating than uh, the Godfather trilogy and the Jason Bourne trilogy and the Back to the Future trilogy. So just all that to kind of say, like, as far as, as how some critics have viewed it and how it's scored, you know, from... Rotten Tomatoes, it is kind of underappreciated when you think about it's not necessarily included in some of those right discussions. 
So right, yeah, just kind of interesting. And I don't know. I don't think it was that long ago that I even found out that John Williams did the score. Like I don't think I would have known that just a couple years ago mm. that John Williams did that. Yeah, but it makes sense with uh, Lucasfilm yeah. or with Lucas being involved. So. All right, let's move on to Star Wars. So Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I felt a little bit weird including Star Wars in this because it's uh, we did Star Wars last time, <laughs> um, John <laughs> Williams and Star Wars. Um, but this one, Empire Strikes Back, I feel like especially, mm-hmm. um, but also Return of the Jedi. Both of them have so many good songs that I couldn't let these two movies go. Um First of all, the Imperial March, of mm-hmm. course, is like. Other than the main theme, Imperial March has to be the most recognized piece of Williams music I feel like maybe uh, not but I think, it's gotta be yeah, up there it's gotta be yeah. up there yeah yeah um and uh I like how earlier we were talking about speaking of the Imperial March earlier we were talking about um how they change the song depending on like the situation and honestly my favorite rendition of uh the Imperial March is when Anakin is dying at the end. And it's just like that like very light, it's like a harp or something yeah. playing. Dun. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... And just... yeah, you almost think it's like like a beeping in the background or something. It's like very like, I just love how he does that. And it's like that piece is so fitting. Like the first time you hear it, you see Vader charging in, you know. He's mm-hmm. very like authoritative and everything like that. And you're like, oh man, this music, booming music fits the booming personality. And then at the end, it totally changes Mm -hmm. and it's like he's dying and you get this little like very like barely there type of music right um i just love how he does that when i think you know for me what that helps signify is that while the empire was created and put together by the emperor and obviously he's like kind of the big bad behind um, Darth Vader. I still think that it was interesting that the Imperial March kind of died out, like you were just talking mm-hmm. about when when Anakin died. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just kind of it was like very symbolic. You know, I think it was so to me. It's like yeah, it's called the Imperial March, but you could also almost say that it's Darth Vader's theme, right? In yeah. a certain extent, but. I, I still like uh, with the Imperial March. I think one of my favorite scenes with because of the music is when the Emperor's shuttle arrives on the second Death Star in Return of the Jedi, and you get to hear right. the whole Imperial March, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so big and glorious. You know what I yeah. mean? I feel like that's right. such a great pairing of visual with music. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, the Star Wars John Williams music is my all-time thing favorite thing to listen to. Um, I found a YouTube video called uh, Star Wars Ambient Music, and I listen to that so often. It's like crazy. 
uh just listen to that it's just like but that's like a mix of like the whole mm-hmm. trilogy or it's all 11 movies and stuff like mixed into one long hour long track yeah um which i just love that um and i feel like it's something that like you could like play in the background at like something and people it'd be it almost sounds like just like classical music until you hear there's like couple notes you're like is this Star Wars? <laughs> right. Are you playing Star Wars right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, so let's let's talk about. Oh no no no! I want to talk about. Uh, we were talking earlier about the the themes, the Force theme. Mm-hmm. So looking at the original soundtrack, there's no Force theme or Binary Sunset. So I'm like trying to find like, okay, where is this? that plays i know where it plays in the movie in the movie i can picture like him looking out you know you see the suns he's standing on the ridge and the force theme starts playing but where is that in the movie in the soundtrack because there's nothing called force theme or binary sunset right right um and then also in the original soundtrack the songs are completely mixed up they're <laughs> not in order i know that, was, that messed me <laughs> it's up so, so much. confusing yeah <laughs> and so i'm like going through and i'm like listening to the songs and then so the one that i found is called the princess um some mm-hmm. other princess what's it called oh um the princess appears mm-hmm. um, which makes sense because that's he sees it's when he sees the hologram and then isn't that when he goes out right after that and i forget yeah i think so anyway it's soon after he sees the hologram mm-hmm. um or right before i don't know but either way that's the song the princess appears is a song where you hear the force theme mm-hmm. for the first for the first time weird that like things are hidden inside of other songs like that like the emperor's theme is inside of i forget which song but it's like it starts off as the imperial march and then it turns into the emperor's theme right um but it's the song is not called the emperor's theme right um and then you have songs like the second track is on empire strikes back is called yoda's theme brand new character right he gets his own theme right away it's just like weird yeah um and i found out that the imperial march and yoda's theme were both like uh, released three weeks before the movie came out. Okay. Um, so maybe that's why they called it Yoda's theme because people would be like, oh, who's Yoda? Mm-hmm. If they would have called it like Rainy Day on Dagobah, people would be like, well, what? I don't know what this is about. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so I think that's always interesting when they hide the themes mm-hmm. in other songs that have like completely strange. Right. Uh, names um, yeah oh also no. sorry quick qu- yeah. one more quick thing about that apparently according to john williams that force theme was supposed to be ben kenobi's theme okay um, it was supposed to be his theme music but obviously it turned into the force theme mm-hmm. um which i thought was interesting as well yeah now you're talking about how themes are hidden 
or kind of in a in a track that's not necessarily um, intuitive to that's what it would be mm-hmm. um, to kind of I, I thought it was interesting I was listening to um, the Temple of Doom soundtrack and I was like what like I was like it was at the end of the movie it's where they're trying to escape and they're going across like this bridge it's like a, a rope bridge mm-hmm. and, and like I was listening to it and I was like they had it had like one stanza of the Ewok march in it. Okay. Um, and I was like, "What?" That's was like, and and I I looked. You know, Return of the Jedi was in eighty three, and then Temple of Doom was in eighty four. Right. So it was like I don't know if he knew that he did that or if he just <laughs> you know I, John Williams is very sneaky. Well, that, yeah, but it was just kind of it was funny because it's not. It's almost like when you kind of hear a musician riff on a on a mm-hmm. on a track that you know so it's i feel like it's there yeah um, it was just kind of i thought that was interesting but the one that i was searching for which i was frustrated i couldn't find easily because it was out of order was the music that's playing in the throne room when luke and um oh. vader are having their duel mm-hmm. and he's hiding Right. And he says, you know, he's talking about your sister, and he says, well, perhaps she will. And then, like, the music just kind of, like... love that music that's right there because i feel like it just shifts you and it shows all of that pent-up anger that luke mm-hmm. has it's just yeah. like unleashed you know and that's where like he does his crazy lightsaber thing and right you know did you find it or i did but i can't remember i don't i didn't write down, <laughs> didn't write down which one it was um but like what the reason i was looking for it is because i do like it but it's the same music that plays when Ray climbs oh. into the th- throne room on episode nine. Okay. And, and I think we talked about this, you know, when mm-hmm. we talked about Rise of Skywalker, is that one of my favorite parts of that, one of the favorite things about Rise of Skywalker is the way that they use the music mm-hmm. to set the tone, you know? Yeah. And like, so. Yeah, and it's. I like how because it has spanned so many like movies and characters it's like okay well that that like the force theme to me used to be like Luke's theme because right. in the first trilogy he was one that used the force but then you know it moved until like anytime anybody used the force and like this the prequel trilogy anytime there was a lot of that uh, didn't matter who was doing it turned into the force theme or like like you were talking about that was like Luke's big moment there um for him to like either he's going to kill his dad or he's not you know um and then that transfers and he decides not to and that and then that transfers to ray in episode nine okay that used to be his music but now it's moving it's a totally new character same music and same outcome it's just like they're both realizing the same same thing 
Yeah, it's the same conflict, you know, like right. she's she's wrestling with with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Star Wars is so good that way. It is. Um, and I think that, you know, they can do that because of how how strong the music is and how much it's been tied to certain mm-hmm. themes or characters or whatever that you can then say okay, if I use this music here, I'm making this statement. And I think right. that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Even like the simple time when they had in Rise of Skywalker, when they had Luke lift the X-Wing out of the mm-hmm. water and they use, they don't use the Force theme, they use Yoda's theme. Right. Because Yoda was the one that did that, you know, way back in Empire Strikes Back. Right. Uh, which was too cool. I love yeah. I just love how they do that. No, I, 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 I think it's... I think it was a way that they knew that they needed to try to try to tie everything together. Yeah. You know, in that last movie, um, but yeah. it definitely, yeah, it was cool. All right, let's talk about since Star Wars is my favorite out of the John Williams movies. Um, let's talk about uh, our favorite Star Wars tracks from the original trilogy. Okay. Pick a pick a favorite, and then maybe one or two. I had to pick two okay. runner-ups. Okay. Um, so, what did you pick as your favorite? Um, I th- I think I'd have to say my favorite is going to be the Imperial March. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's the epitome of in, of um uh, vast villainy. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the sense that. You know, the Empire is over the entire galaxy or trying mm-hmm. to be over the entire galaxy. Yeah. You know, like I feel like you could take that theme and if, you know, Indiana Jones was was more about him versus the Nazis, that same theme could be for the Nazis. You know what right. I mean? Like it mm-hmm. was just a it's it epitomizes a group of people who are trying to do um bad things on an epic scale right you know just trying to gain power a very powerful yeah song yeah yeah Yeah. it's like we're not trying we're not this isn't like game game of thrones subtle trying to get you know power through back doors and right and manipulation and things like that this is like in your face right power you know so yeah yeah uh in the original trilogy i would say my favorite song is rebel briefing (laughs) I had that one written down. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even know the song existed, right? So Luke and Leia, Luke and Leia's theme. There's a song called Luke and Leia's theme, mm-hmm. and that I've always loved that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really love the Force or Binary Sunset song. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is them both together. I'm like listening to uh, this song. I'm like, oh, it's Luke and Leia's theme. I'm not looking at my phone. And then it just like goes right into the force theme. I'm like, what is this song? Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm like, oh, this is called Rebel Briefing. Is this mm-hmm. the song I've always liked? Or did I always like Luke and Leia's theme? <laughs> so then I like go back and listen to Luke and Leia's theme. I'm like, 
I think this is the same. Like I would like going back and forth. I'm like, yeah, they're the same. Except Rebel Briefing has the Force theme at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But then I watched the Rebel Briefing scene, and this song doesn't happen during the scene. <laughs> so like it happened, it maybe very far in the background, but it's okay. like it's the it's where uh, Akbar is describing the Death Star, and mm-hmm. they're all there and. Um, Lando is like the new general or whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then Luke comes like charging in in his all black outfit and he's like mm-hmm. I'm here to help <laughs> and him and him and Leia have a little thing because he's just found out that she's his sister sister <laughs> um, anyways so yeah uh, with the force theme is my runner up to that yeah. one and then Yoda's theme is also a runner up mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. Yoda's theme yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I like there. Like you said, it's hard to choose. I think some of the other ones that I put down, just maybe that were memorable, mm-hmm. um, would be the Ewok or March of the yeah. Ewoks. Yeah. And and I, I I meant to say this earlier, and I don't think I did. Is that it reminded me? I feel like when um, Peter Pan lands on the pirate ship in Hook. So oh, again, okay. it's another yeah. John Williams movie. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he's like, hmm, this is kind of like a silly kind of right. fun, you know, but kind of serious theme. So yeah. it it just feels almost identical to to that. Whenever do you remember when he's taking it when they're taking him to Hook? You know, like like the very first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. yeah, I think it's like I feel like the music is very similar there. So I like the Ewok march. I also like there's one called Hyperspace. Um, which is when they're they're escaping Cloud City okay. and, and Empire. Um, Asteroid Field is another one. Oh I, yeah. Um, in I Empire. Always, yeah. Yeah, I always like that one, and it. And I think that that that's one that feels very similar to like Indiana Jones. You yes. Know, where like, you know, they're very, like fast paced. Yeah, fast paced. Yeah. Like they're in some sort of peril. You know, I felt mm-hmm. like. You could have taken Asteroid Field and put it in the motorcycle chase in Last right. Crusade, and it would have f- fit. Fit, you yeah. Know? Um, so those are the ones too. Yeah. I, I just I appreciate them. Um, I also always like like the end of this one is uh, of Return of the Jedi is Ewok celebration mm-hmm. and finale. I always like that moment where it like turns from one song into the finale. I just right. like just like the throne room and finale it's like the throne room music and then it goes yeah. right into the finale yeah and just like that moment that like that it goes into it i'm like mm-hmm. oh that's just like so good i love that i and i kind of speaking of like end credits you know if they always end credits are always kind of a mashup of the greatest hits from the mm-hmm. movie right what i what i really liked about empire strikes back is the that whole scene where you know Luke's getting his hand fixed, and then you see right. um, Lando leaving the Millennium Falcon, and see the whole galaxy. Mm-hmm. The music that's playing there at the end of the Empire Strikes Back movie, I feel like is just very unique because it's not like uh, it's not music that says the story is concluded. Right, it's definitely music that's that's saying, well. We survived that. Right. You know, exactly. We're alive now. We didn't succeed, you know, 
We didn't make anything better. We just survived. Mm -hmm. But there's hope. You know, like, I feel like that was very unique because, like, at the end of Star Wars, A New Hope, and at the end of Return of the Jedi, it's a very climactic, emphatic, we won type of music feeling. So It's just so interesting how musical notes can make you feel that type of, like, feeling like, like, yeah, this isn't over. Right. Um, like we're looking out to like the future, see what we can do next. And the music is like relaying that to your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's amazing what the music can do to your, to you mentally, emotionally and how it can well, progress th- the story. But I think, you know, like when you, like what I often find uh, amazing is like, I could, I can identify that in myself after listening to it. And it's like, but like John Williams had to put it together. <laughs> right. I, d- you know, I don't even like, understand. Like how many iterations did he have to go through right. to say, no, like, did he, does he, I mean, and I'm sure that he does. I mean, I think a lot of these composers are, you know, very smart, you know, understand what notes are going to convey what sort of emotion. Uh, yeah. But do they still, I think that like to know how to put them in sequence and to know, how to to pace it and all that kind of stuff is is the filming complete before the score starts i think there's uh, or is he like or maybe he does some of it at a time like lucas is like hey i need one for like the big bad guys just come up with something like really super powerful militaristic sounding uh song and then but like for like the other like real romantic-y stuff he's like i feel like you have to watch that and experience that emotion and then translate that into music but i feel like the only way the only reason we feel that emotion is because of the music right (laughs) so how does yeah like it's it's just wild it's a great point i think like to your question most of the time it's after the fact that they're watching the scene and they're putting they're, they're kind of putting the music together because the Hedwig's, Hedwig's theme, mm-hmm. you know, was done by John Williams and it was actually done before any filming was done and was was started and they were trying to get kind of like this teaser thing out for oh, okay. for Harry Potter and they asked him to to do the music and so he hadn't seen anything and he ended up I think I'm remembering this correctly he hadn't seen anything and so he put this music together and it ended up becoming Hedwig's Hedwig's theme so Hedwig is the owl right right yeah yeah it's such a like a weird thing to name a theme after (laughs) but I guess you gotta pick something it'd be weird if it was Harry's theme well Well, maybe not I mean it it plays right at the very beginning like we just watched Sorcerer's Stone last night and it does play right at the very beginning I believe of the movie yeah um I can't separate that noise the dun, 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 mm-hmm. from Harry Potter. Like it's like, but then to be it's his pet owl's theme that he gets like an hour into the movie just seems weird or whatever <laughs> half hour into the movie. I don't know, but right. Anyways, yep. Uh, that's everything I had on uh, Star Wars. So. Um, let's uh, do the Star Wars Random Fact of the Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. 
But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. As you wish. Okay, so um, during the shot in Return of the Jedi, in Return of the Jedi with uh, Salacious Crumb, you know the Kowakian monkey lizard. What? <laughs> so Jabba's little like his little pet. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> that little guy. Yeah. He's a yes. Kowakian monkey lizard. Oh, and his name wow. his name is Salacious Crumb. Okay, in case you didn't know. So he's. Um, <laughs> This is on the barge, I think, where he's chewing off um, C-3PO's eye. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Anthony Daniels was in the suit at that point, and he was having like a major panic attack during that because, like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any documentary of like him putting on the suit or like what it looks like behind the mask. I mean, you're looking through like two pen-sized holes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible how tight, like how he did those movies is ridiculous. Um, but apparently he was having some sort of like panic attack in there um, and he was like screaming, get me out, get me out. Um, but they didn't leave that. Like dubbed when they dubbed over it, they did it differently. Um, and his, uh, yeah, his lines were, um, get me up, get me up. Yeah, over and over. And even though he was having the panic attack and they didn't use the lines, they still used that footage, footage. of him freaking out because it matched with someone eating his eye out. Yeah. <laughs> even though as a robot, you're probably not feeling any pain. Right. But I just thought it was interesting. It's like you take someone, like imagine if someone filmed your panic attack yeah. and it was in a movie for everyone to watch. And, <laughs> like, it, um, it's, kind of, and it's kind of like for comedy relief too. Right, exactly. <laughs> like that was probably one of his like, worst times of his life and we're all laughing at him (laughs) right um yeah i thought that was interesting that is interesting that is your random star wars fact of the podcast the force will be with you always let's give a big thanks to our patrons uh we'll go down the list here which is growing which is great um because yeah these guys help support the podcast and uh, it's awesome. Like every once in a while, I'm like, "Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this podcast? Like, if I stopped, <laughs> would anybody notice?" And then I'm like, "Oh wait, yeah, I have some people that really care about the podcast." So yeah, um, we have Tim Smith, Valerie Winters, Dan Bendit, Aaron Lehman, Mats Ferruli, Ali, wow, Ali Heron, Tyler Gaiman, Casey Winters, Jamie Radcliffe, Melissa Schlosser, and brand new patron John Hollenberger. Thank you guys so much. You guys rule. And that takes us into the end of the episode. But 90s is next, Matt. Woohoo. And we have some tough decisions to make. We do. Yes. I like. I looked at the list from the 90s and I starred a couple of them and I starred six of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't even include... Uh, so there's Home Alone. There's Hook. There's Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Phantom Menace. So I feel like we have to do Phantom Menace. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we have to get that Star Wars in the sort of Star right, Wars. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We can have two other non Star I mean, Jurassic Park. How are you going to leave that out? It's but then, true. Like, Hook. It you might be what? a good excuse for me to finally watch Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan. Because you know. I haven't seen either of those. No. And you know okay. who's in Saving Private Ryan? Tom Hanks. Dominic Toretto. 
Oh, so we got a crossover here. Right, yes. This was before he started street racing. He was in World War Two. 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 Yes. And then came home to Los Angeles and was like, I'm going to street race for the next hundred years. I'm not going to age ever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we have some tough decisions to make, so... And Joey's or, roommate was in there too. Oh yes, the the weird guy. <laughs> weird guy, I can't think of his name. Yeah, now. very eccentric guy. Yeah. Was uh, I don't know who else was Matt Damon in that one too. Matt Damon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it, so might be. A I've good never excuse. seen. I've only seen scenes from Schindler's List, so I haven't seen the whole movie either. So it'd be a good excuse to. Yeah. But you're right. It's going to be hard to. I mean. Hook, I mean, that that defines my childhood. I know. I'd like have to do Hook, but I'm like, yeah. Home Alone is great, too. Mm -hmm. Home Alone is, these are kind of interesting because, and we can talk about this on our 90s one, but a brief prelude to our 90s episode. (laughs) Um, A teaser, if you will. (laughs) A lot of these other ones, I feel like, are ones that would have regular music in them. Like Home Alone feels like it would have normal like it's got that song the run run rudolph santa's gotta mm-hmm. make it sound you know it's got mm-hmm. normal songs in it where it's like star wars just like all like either in galaxy or like uh what do they call it symphonic songs right, right. um so it just seems and jurassic park is the same way mm-hmm. um so it's weird to have like real life movies like right. saving saving private ryan or home alone or i guess hook isn't real life but like that would have like real songs in it i mean right. hook is real life obviously but <laughs> of course don't burst just, my bubble yeah you just have to fly the second star to the right and on till morning. morning yeah <laughs> but, but we no, will I, attack that next time or you didn't even you didn't i don't I think in the '90s too is when he put the when he composed what we consider to be the Olympics theme oh. as well. Mm, yes, so. I did not put that on the list. I'm only looking at <laughs> film scores. <laughs> Sorry, you weren't, you weren't looking at Olympic scores. <laughs> no, I wasn't looking at all of his stuff. I first looked at his discography. I'm like, there's a billion songs here. <laughs> this is this isn't what I want. <laughs> but yeah. I. So we don't. Have to, I, I assume we're not going to do the Olympics. But the one thing I found very interesting about that, when I found that out, is like this is something that's like international. Right. This is an event that is for countries all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I know that NBC probably. I, I don't know where they. Um, where they um, broadcast to? How many nations they broadcast to? But I'm thinking, like, can you imagine knowing that the music you're composing? is like dictating dictating this key event for like 50 countries or something right. like that. I don't know. It's, to me, it feels like much different than a movie. So it's just, right. yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Anyways. But probably more people have seen Star Wars than watched the Olympics. Ah. Uh. I've seen more hours of Star Wars than <laughs> Olympics. That's for sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> Quantity. I, yeah. I can agree. Quantity. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about the Olympics. So <laughs> we will never talk about the Olympics. <laughs> but thanks, Matt, for hanging out. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you in two weeks. Be safe. Be courteous. Bye.